community manager on Twitter <laughs> right. and have a conversation right. about my Hello? displeasure. Dylan, you know I mean, like, well, like, the funny, funny Dylan? you should say that Felix Hergood literally tweets at, you know, right. not right. E- not even the community manager. He tweets at uh, um, Pete Hines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he goes right. He goes right to the top, dude. He, yeah. is, he is literally a Karen. He is like, he's like, can I speak to your manager, please? Like. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 307, which I definitely didn't have to look at my own Twitch stream to see what number that was. I'm on your host, Trip Zero. I'm here with Neo Aoshi. Hey, it's me, Neo. And I'm here with Lock and Key. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Felix Hergood is toes in the sand right now, so he unfortunately will not be able to join us, but he's better off, honestly, having a great time. So we'll reconnect with him next week, right? Good for him. Exactly. He earned it. He does. Mm-hmm. He does deserve it. If there's anyone that works uh, hard on this podcast, it's it's Felix Hergood. I'm glad we can give him the reprieve to record ourselves because we used to be tethered yeah. to him for the recording. So that's it's nice. Yeah, it's taken us a long time to grow up, but here we are. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a huge relief and weight off of his shoulders that he can. That this can happen still, and mm-hmm. he can be on vacation. So him and his baby face will return to us uh, next week. So look forward to that. Um, we. We're going to get back to our roots on this show. Our roots of destiny. I'm sure the reason that we got together is <laughs> on to a show. Everyone just turned off this podcast and went over to whatever the fuck they're listening to. Um, yeah, but Bungie released their, their Vidoc, their video documentary, previewing The Witch Queen, which is their next major expansion to be released in February of 2022. So we're going to talk about all of the things that uh, they've told us are coming. And how they want to take this game into the future. Um, but what we always usually do first is kind of catch up with you all, see what we're uh, playing, what we've been uh, what we've been doing in the gaming space. So let's talk about that. Yoshi, what have you been up to, man? Um, I've been playing two new games. Well, they're not really new; they're new to me. Um, I installed Ghost of Tsushima, uh, the Iki Island expansion, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Played a bit mm-hmm. of that. And of course, it's more Ghost of Tsushima, this time with the um, PS5 enhancement, which, my God, that game was beautiful last year. And here we are now, even more beautiful you, in 60 frames. What do you notice the most? Is it the frame rate? Yeah, because what I did, well, I, what I did was I jumped between the performance and the quality mode and instantly my eyes started burning the moment the, uh, the, the 30 frames per second hit. Like... Mm-hmm. The the visual upgrade is not worth losing the sixty frames at this point. Any game it makes it makes anything look better. It makes anything look smoother. I don't care what kind of textures and lighting you got going on. The moment you hit sixty frames a second, that thing is buttery smooth. It looks amazing. Um, that's easily the 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 quickest thing I can um I can point out from it. Um, overall, the game's story takes place like it's like an interstitial in the middle of the ghost of Tsushima campaign. Um, and mm-hmm. it expands more on, on Jin, the main character, but okay. overall you it's just it's more of that. Middle? It's like into the story, roughly the, the middle end ish. It like, okay. kind of like it does what horizon, uh, frozen 
the Frozen Lands expansion. I forgot what it was called. You Is know, the Frozen, the Frozen Wilds takes a, yeah, it takes like a left turn in the middle of the campaign right before the ending. Uh, and then it does. The game. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Frozen Wilds did. I think that's what it was called, yeah. But this is, like, the same thing. And, honestly, it's great. Like, that game, after... Because I also watched all the uh, live-action Kenshin movies, also what my name is based off of recently. Um, it puts you in a samurai mood. Those, those those movies are really highly choreographed samurai martial art movies. Um, mm-hmm. And, man, just wanting to go in there and be a samurai, that game does it. Um, I don't have much more to say than that because I'm still in the middle of playing it. Um, but I also want to play more legends again because they're adding more to the multiplayer as well. Um, we have still a few people that are like in our discord that need to beat it. Like Mr. Demos, we didn't quite finish the last raid in that. And we should do that because it's back on PS five. Um, I know, I know I've talked about this in the past, but destiny, it definitely takes a lot of cues from destiny. Uh, the rating, the gear, the gear grind, it's a little bit more streamlined than destiny because every, after every mission you do, you get, you get gear that is easily an upgrade for you. Like you're always improving your, your character's class. Um, it's a really fun time. It is, they did for something that no one expected adding multiplayer to that game was a fantastic treat for them to yeah, do. Yeah, they came out of left uh, left field, really. Completely. Even even this expansion came out of left field. I didn't expect them to get give us an expansion uh, of story, especially after giving us a multiplayer expansion. So, yeah, that's true. awesome that's of them. This game is it's the gift that keeps on giving, honestly. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. It's beautiful on PS5. That is pretty much my main takeaway from that. The next game I got, which was I was surprised at, at myself for getting this one, was I picked up Marvel's Avengers for the PS5 as well. Okay. I bless you. I know. Picked it up like I like purchased it. I purchased it. That's correct. Okay. I, I went to the store and I and I bought it because it was twenty bucks, and I was like, you know what? For twenty bucks, I will play this on my PlayStation Five. I can't. <laughs> I can't judge questionable shit that I bought for for cheap. I know. Did but you have a good time though? Uh, I am having a good time. I streamed it on Monday, um, starting the campaign. So far, the campaign's pretty great. Um, I didn't get into like I haven't gotten to like the really deep RPG aspects of it. And I'm gonna put RPG aspects in quotes because it is essentially like another Destiny clone. More or less it mm-hmm. is a Destiny clone, and every character that you pick is essentially their own class. And some will play similar that similarly to each other than others. Like Hulk is a very unique, heavy, tanky class. And then you have like Black Widow and I'm ass- I haven't gotten these characters yet, but I'm assuming like your Black Panthers and your Hawkeyes and your Kate Bishops are all going to be a very similar class of character where they're all very agile and have some good ranged attacks. Um, but overall, the, the game is really fun. It is a brawler. It is like a brawler game, like style game where you're kind of button mashing. Maybe you're doing some combos you know, as your button mashing, um, of different varieties. Um, but overall the story is pretty good so far. I, we're gonna, we're gonna have to revisit this when I get to the grindy part of the game. Cause that might be mm-hmm. where this game like loses me. But at this point they've had three expansions out the Kate Bishop story, the Hawkeye story, and the newly released as, as of this week, the war for Wakanda story. So the black Panther storyline. So, 
after I get through all of that, we're going to see how I feel about it. But honestly, like playing a Marvel Avengers game with in a co-op situation, that's pretty awesome. Um, on Monday, I was playing with uh, We Heart Games, uh, Mike from the Lunar Castaways. He was giving me the rundown on what things to expect. And like he was giving me my like, you know, like, OK, this is how you're going to play this. This is how this this works in the game. All those kind of nice tips that you want to see. Um, but I had to abruptly stop playing because. I blew a fuse in my room while streaming and it shut everything down. It it essentially ruined my whole night. And then the next day I was going to play more and, um, my PC, my PC needed to be reformatted. So I'm luckily I got it working just in time for the podcast because that kind of hampered my, my gaming for the week. I, I, um, I didn't, I didn't share this with you guys, but it's relevant to what you just said. Uh, I pulled such a, customer move the other day i i reached to go get my my water on my desk a cup of water and i I knocked it it. and i knocked it over and when i tell you that it could have spilled anywhere and been fine now it could have been worse this could have been worse but it spilled over the back side of my desk and literally waterfalled onto my surge protector all onto my surge protector oh my god (laughs) While I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen, like I, I, I reached for it, I knocked it over, and like instantly everything went black. I immediately oh. was like I I I probably went pale. If if you could see me, I was probably pale. I immediately unplugged everything. Luckily my PCs plugged directly into the wall, not into the, the power strip. That's all like peripherals. So I unplugged all the peripherals. It like wiped everything down. I cleaned it. I obviously threw the surge protector out. I had a spare surge protector. I plugged everything in and everything worked. There was no problems with anything, but like, Sheesh. yeah. So luckily though, the outlet that I have installed in my basement is a, is a GFCI outlet, which is the one that's set to trip when it notices a fault. So it oh. tripped the outlet, right? So it trips the outlet anytime there's a fault. Smart. So I think that is what saved my PC from imploding on itself but like i like it it, ha- it was one of those things where it happened slow motion like as i like as yes. i reached it and yep. somehow couldn't wrap my hand around the glass and decided to just, <laughs> just fucking knock just it over that. like a toddler with no hands um like watching it fall over in slow-mo was just like oh god it was the worst and mm-hmm. then just like hearing the water drip and like you know just, mm-hmm. I uh, I had a similar experience. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't on the surge protector, so but uh, I um, one night when I was streaming, I put um, a little glass yeah. of wine right in the center of my desk, and it's a stemless wine glass, mm-hmm. and my microphone was blocking the glass from my like just my vision, right? My, my vision cone, like it's right here, and the microphone is in that line, so mm-hmm. I forgot that it was there the second after I put it down because I was just thinking about a million things, you know. And I have to keep my hands low to not knock my mic over in the way that it is right now. I'm really figuring out that the mic here is the problem. But with my hands <laughs> low, I smacked this glass and like just the way like the bottom is like curved once you get off like the base, just dumped everything all across my desk. That's the left. So that was mouse, keyboard, my whole I, the whole desk is a mat. I have one of those glorious gaming mouse mats soaked in wine. Uh, <laughs> it caught the top of my keyboard. Had to flip it up and clean it. It was just Ooh, the best. It, man, man. You, you could write a short novel oh. about the amount of times I've spilled things on my desk. 
full of all this yeah. shit. <laughs> so I, I took the opportunity to buy like a nice new anchor surge protector that has like it it's spaced out you know so you could fit more things it's got usb ports on it so it charges my phone like directly nice. through it you mm-hmm. know like that um, like that but like god dude i was i was so scared because my pc is on the floor directly behind the surge protector so like it, it wouldn't have taken much for it to actually land on my pc case and there's holes on the top of my pc case <laughs> sure yeah right so it like if I I would have I would have bought a console. And so switch to console gaming is what would have happened if, my, if I spilled liquid on my PC. So main my my PC easy decision. Switch, dude. I would have switched and been. I would have bought a Series X and I would have fucking. I would have retired. I'm done. Gaming. I'm done PCing. In that fucking moment. In that moment, right there, dude. So my, my my PC is off this side of my desk. I'm not. It, we're not going back to. PC, it's off this boys. side we're of my desk. Console. It has it has top you know the the ventilation's all going coming out of the top. I make mm-hmm. sure to put all my drinks on this side of my desk because if I were to like knock anything over, if I just smacked it, anything would just go right into yeah. that tower, right in the top. Like that's it. Shot. That's it's done. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had to throw that in there when you when you mentioned you causing you know power issues in in your place. It's just fucking. And, unbelievable man. you know what i realized i realized i have a problem mike that night because he was there when this all happened he pointed out to me he's like he's like look neo you got a lot of electronic shit plugged in and i'm like you're not wrong but my breaker also shares the room with my roommate so when my when i blew the breaker Mm. it also shut his shit down so like oh shit it's kind of a problem that I can do that or that can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually recently or since then I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to remove stuff from my setup because there is clearly a lot. And my TV, my, the TV I have in my room is an ancient 1080p TV. It's still good looking. It looks nice, but I bet it is very power inefficient. So a lot of newer TVs are more power efficient. So that's probably, gonna have to go at some point that tv because mm-hmm. yeah. plugging the plugging the ps5 into my stream setup my the breaker was like oh this is you, this with, is too much with, with your hands neo uh, yeah and this is gonna be a visual demonstration just to uh, let listeners out there know that we do broadcast live on twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer on Wednesday oh yeah nights. i hope I, I hope we don't shut down now that could um, happen. <laughs> using your hands give us a visual demonstration of how like thick this tv is this will help determine the age Oh, um, well, yeah, well, there's a few things. Is it flat or is it, is it slightly bubble bubbled in the back? It is slightly bubbled in the back and I'm going to, I'm going to do this with my hands and I'll feel it. I'm going to feel it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is, see, this is, this is what we need here. Have a little bit of visual only content to get everyone into this chat. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah, sucking yeah, yeah. a lot of power, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might that, sh- that shit's that shit's running on fucking nuclear. That's it's, it's heavy too. Yeah. It's it's like fifty yeah. ish pounds. It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you're not having to sh- shovel coal <laughs> to get it powered. Just <laughs> open the back door of the TV. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> <in> <laughs> <there>. <laughs> <laughs> got powered up. A new so episode of Ted Lasso's out tonight. How many how many piles of coal do we need for Ted? Probably two. You want to watch the extended edition? <laughs> shit. Uh, go to the shed. You, dude, you just, just go get yourself like a um like a dude a you can get a what's it called? A um a Vizio for is it Vizio? Yeah, um 
Yeah, you can get a I'm, decent I'm, Vizio for cheap. What's the what's the brand that's like all over Amazon and it's like really good for really cheap? Is that TCM? TCL. 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 Yeah, you yeah. can do a TCL. So or I'm going to do something better, like that. True, I'm, I'm going to wait till I move though, because what I should do, what I should probably do now is just sell this TV if I can, and then just get a new TV for my for my new place. Because you're going to have to redo it all anyway, or maybe yeah, I sell this now because this is heavy. I don't want to move this thing. That's probably the that's probably the best that's probably the best call. Maybe I should just start getting mm-hmm. rid of it now. Dude, yeah, if you um, do if yeah if you do like um, one of those apps, those like you know Macari like, or your or, or or like Facebook Marketplace, someone will buy that shit. Yeah, you know? as long as you're not trying to you know over squeeze every dollar over do- every dollar you can out of getting it. I don't you know. know. I think someone will, someone will get rid of it. One fifty one fifty seems fair for it. It's like a fifty inch TV. It's pretty big. 40, 45, 45 inches. Yeah, something yeah, like that. I don't know. I don't think you're going to get 150 for that. If I'm being yeah. honest with you, I, Damn. I would, I would expect, I would expect you to get maybe like 75. Oh yeah. shit. That was 50 to 75. Brutal. Think, think, think about this though. Yeah. Think about the life that it had <laughs> and think about, and then, and then I, I bought this from my old friend. We played metal gear solid four on this bad boy. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so it owes you nothing. <laughs> All right, Felix. You're good. So, so, now think if you could get rid of it and get new if you didn't sell it it would just be taking up space so would you rather have $75 or would you rather have no dollars is the way that you need to look at it that's the best way to look at it these are all really great ideas I understand because I have a really hard time of selling old things for less money I honestly just end up giving shit away because I feel better about myself when I do that versus like, but I, I think, yeah, I, th- I think you will get sub $100 for it. So that is fair. Hey, Hey, no, look, this, nice. this is, <clears throat> please don't, don't tell me that I, you, after the keyboard escapades we've had months ago, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at you. I was just looking at getting a, uh, a new, uh, getting the GMMK pro too. I love it. It's uh, a great yeah. keyboard. I can't. It's it's my favorite so far. So pretty. Um, so pretty. All right, back yeah, it is pretty. Back, back to, to video games. games. I'm, I'm going to just go really quickly. I'm going to just yeah. go really quickly cuz then it'll lead into trips point. Uh so I've been playing Final Fantasy 14. Um essentially that's the only thing, only new thing I've been playing since uh the last episode I was on. So um <clears throat> and you've been you've been playing playing. Yeah, I mean like I've I been, so been burned yeah. through the story. Yeah, so I'm um fresh character obviously. I was originally going to pay for the the story skip, which is s- skipping the first essentially uh, first story of the game. Um because it's traditionally known as the weakest story overall um compared to the more recent expansions. So I was just one trying to get caught up to you guys faster and then also get to the better story content, but I decided to just go through it, which I'm happy that I'm doing it ultimately. I I, I do want to get to the stuff that everyone raves about, but I do feel better about not skipping because I do realize that like my own my last experience with an MMO was Final Fantasy 11 and mechanically that game was not super complex. Mm-hmm. And learning how to play the dps character that i'm playing as i play through a realm reborn um is good i would have been very lost trying to immediately do harder content without understanding mechanics it's very Um, important and um 
So it's been it's been really good. Um, so I am uh, like level thirty six, I think thirty, somewhere between thirty five and thirty eight. I don't remember exactly where I left off. I think it's like thirty six or thirty seven. Okay, um, you're over about, the hump. Like like early thirties is like where you're feeling like fuck, man. Like I know this is the beginning of my like actual job, but it feels like this is taking forever to get to fifty. Mm-hmm. Once you cross the the forty right. mark, it's, right. you're gonna feel like all right, we're we're cruising now. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, uh, the way that I looked at it was I started off most streams by playing it for like an hour and just talking to chat and playing it. I also was setting goals, like looking at the, the wiki page and looking at like, you know, when, how many quests did I get to the dungeon or get to the next, you know, get to the next trial. Um, and I kind of like gamified it that way. Like, okay, you're going to do these 10 quests because you have an hour and it's going to get you to the next dungeon, you know? And then I would play the next dungeon. And I'd be like, okay, cool. I got to do the new dungeon. Now I can log off and feel like I actually accomplished something. Um, so I'm at the point now where I'm preparing for the Titan trial. Um, oh, yeah. About, yeah, baby. I'm about, I'm about 10 quests, quest steps away from doing the Titan trial, which Jay, our buddy Jay from the discord says, that's when a realm reborn kind of really picks up is from the Titan trial onward. Yeah. Um, and I think the Titan trial is like, I think it's like, uh, in terms of like level quest, I think it's like in the thirties, um, which a realm reborn really only goes to level 50 with, when it ends with ultimate weapon. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm essentially halfway, th- a little bit more than halfway through, you know, the, before it gets to the post patch post realm reborn story quest. So, um, overall I've been loving it. Uh, it's been, it's been really fun to play an MMO again. Um, and I was really like I was falling into the hole. Like I, I felt myself falling deeply into the hole and then the maintenance happened and then destiny oh, happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I haven't, I haven't jumped back in since then. Like the day maintenance happened, I was like super upset because I really just wanted to log in and play. And so um, that way that is literally the meme of the highway with the car going out the exit being like, you're on final fantasy 14 highway destiny mm-hmm. Two. Oh, I gotta get out. <laughs> I gotta get off. Take the exit. <laughs> literally. It's exactly what it's like. Like I was, I was like, the the night before i knew i wasn't going to be able to play the next day because of maintenance and work and i knew i wasn't going to be able to play but like all i wanted to do was keep grinding the story and then the destiny content happened and then like now i just all i want to do is play destiny so right uh yeah so we're going to get back there like i definitely want to keep grinding it the 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 seasonal content and the and the grind in destiny only lasts for so long like come witch queen which is so far into the future at this point which we're going to unpack um there's going to be plenty of time to continue playing um yeah. final fantasy but overall i've been having a blast and that and i've only been playing it solo like i haven't been in voice chat with you guys i haven't really like it hasn't been a social thing for me yet um just kind of just playing the game so i'm excited for uh to see the story unfold and keep keep grinding yeah um, if you're like you yeah. know you know we've done stuff in the middle of the day a lot depending on our work schedules if you get to a point where you're at, like a dungeon and want to run it with like you know three of us instead of randos like hit us up like i'd be i'd be happy to hop on um earlier today i um and i'll just i'll kind of transition into my 14 segment here um like i hopped in because uh our friend janie cat friend of the show janie cat uh is just doing the first raid that the game makes you do the crystal tower one and she was like you know do you want to hop in to do this i was like sure i'll hop in for for a first raid run and uh that's pretty cool Hopped in, did that, back out the destiny when that was over, you know? So I've hopped over to do the the daily 
the daily uh, roulettes as they were. Um, right, but right. my Final Fantasy fourteen grind has been really focused on the end game of Shadowbringers because in all of my years playing this game, um, and I should clarify uh, by saying in all my years of paying for this game, um, I have never been current mm. in end game in any given like release cycle. I've played it. I've enjoyed it. Um, but I haven't like done what we do in destiny in final fantasy 14. So it's cool to do that. And there are some end game experiences that are, that are really, really, really unique. Um, there is, uh, an area called, uh, Bajja, which is like a different country that you can't really go to, but there's like a war going on. Right. So you, uh, you play in the Bajan Southern front. And when you go to do this in the end game, you're in there for, uh, for gear because there are raid specific events that happen inside of Bajja and you're there for your, your relic weapon grinds. Some things you need from Bajja to upgrade your weapons to the highest level possible. The wild thing about Bajja is that when you go in there, you're in one, uh, you're in one timed duty. So you mm. can't like queue for a dungeon while you're doing Bajda things. That is the activity you're in. You you are in Oh, interesting. Okay. And you're mm-hmm. on just a two hour timer inside of Bajda. And everything is at level because obviously like it's level 80 and you're level 80. Um you can't fly. You can ride your mount, but you can't fly. So there are literally just like fields with trenches that you can run through and then enemies and soldiers up top that you can interact with and fight with. And there has its own leveling system inside of Bajda specifically where you do lose experience past a certain rank mm. if you die. Even more is lost if you self-res back to one of the encampments. So it's it's a real like intense way to play pretty standard content, right? Because normally in the game, you don't lose experience when you die. You just teleport back to wherever you are. Right. Um, there's really no penalty for doing that. When this, you really have to think about, am I going to be able to take on that group? Can I make that engagement? Am I going to die? If I do this and I am I going to lose my rank? Because you got to rank up to play the zone story. You've got to rank up to play the raid. There's actually a couple raids in Bajda. And I've, any any raid or any boss battle, you actually have to like either start yourself and find a party or like request to be recruited into and you just get joined in the instance. I, like it's it's the the most unique experience inside of Final Fantasy 14 because you you're just inside an event doing other sub events in his own little world. Like it's like just, you sign up, you go to war like, like Buster from Arrested Development. I'm going to war mother. You just hop on a bus, (laughs) go to to war war. mother, (laughs) go to army and then come back home when you're done, when you're, when you're done and do whatever else you're working on. It's wild. I've never played content like that in an MMO. I've, I have never done this content in this game. I've never seen this. I, I, I'm shocked that it that's that this is what it is. Can yeah. you can you go in there as a group? Yes, you can. As a four player, eight player, what's the what's the limit there? That's a good question. I don't know for sure. Um, I would. I want to. I want to because I know you guys have been talking about this for like the last week or so, right? Like I've I've mm-hmm. been popping in and out and, and, and seeing what you guys are talking about. I would love to try this and see what this is. It's very cool. And the I never grasped what this concept was because um, everyone in our, in our Discord is so helpful. But the problem is you ask one question and you get 17,000 answers where 95% of that is not what you needed or wanted to know, right? Like you'll get an entire 
the entire breakdown of, of how to play the next 10 years of your life in this game. Where you're like, I don't even know how to hold my weapon. So like, I just so all that is just not going to sink in, you know? And then like, you go back to me like, oh, this is what they were talking about, kind of, but I don't fucking remember any of that. So all I all I went there for was my weapon, my relic weapon. Then I found out, oh, I can't do this yet because I've got to like do this quest. Oh, I have to like help this resistance faction in this war. Oh, now I'm stuck in this like battlefield for two hours. I can't queue for anything else. I just got to focus on this fight. Like, oh, someone's inviting me to a party. We got to like survive this massive, massive boss battle on the field, like like a public event that shows up. And this shit is hard too. It's like. <clears throat> the raid was like 48 people i've never seen them wow. running around doing anything that's crazy that, i think that's the other thing <clears throat> that i like really appreciate about 14 is how alive and vibrant and full the world is you know mm-hmm. like you know when you run around destiny like you know that other players are there and, and i know it's like apples and oranges comparing destiny to final fantasy because it's like a true mmo versus you, you know like a mmo light but right there are but like, there are similarities though with like, like how you engage with the content like i'm always around 15 other players doing their own thing you mm-hmm. know like there there is never a time ever in my experience thus far that i was in an area that i didn't at least see five people run through or also be doing the same quest line right, as me exactly. because I could see them going to inspect the same thing as me. And like, so it just, it just like, it makes the fe- the world feel more alive and it makes it feel like you're a part of something when you are constantly seeing it other players. Sure so to, to yeah. your point, like if you're in this public event style battle with 48 other people, with all of this fighting happening, like it, it just makes it feel yeah. more real it's, and more alive, you know, it's exactly war zone. how it feels. Yeah. It's very, it is. You're, you, you have to like collaborate and work together because no one there can survive on their own because of the level and because of just the way you're, you're trapped in the instance, you know, like no one is there multitasking. You're there engaged in the Bajda content. And what you're doing there is like waiting for, you know, like the fates or the world events to show up. So like there will be Bajd and fates that show up. Um, They're very tough. People will like request you to join their party so they can heal you more easily. Mm-hmm. And you just stay together. So you're just like in this eight person party, then big boss battles show up that are like the equivalent of raid fights in the field. Then they have their own raids. And there's still two more that I have to unlock that are equally as like challenging, but everyone is working together. Like everyone knows, like there's one event that I played. There's a giant fucking robot who, uh, his tell is like, he'll start spinning arrows around him, like four sets of arrows, like, and he'll, the direction they spin in is, is telling you this man's about to spin around and do some shit, right? And this is the direction he's going to be spinning in. So you have to move with him as he like shoots out lasers from his eyeballs. And he'll do this in like 90 degree chunks. And if you are like a step behind, like your heel will get caught by this shit and it's going to one shot you. So there's just fields of like 48 people lying dead and someone will go like like we get a cleanup over like at this section this coordinates, <laughs> and, like, a white mage comes running by like starts the heel train like people know that it sucks and you're going to lose a lot of it like experience in this mm-hmm. area specifically so like we all got to work together to get through these uh these battles these events and, and level things up losing experience can you de-level so no which is a good thing but i don't think there's a cap on loss so like, but if you're I but if you're hit, level eighty, what's what experience are you gaining that's beneficial? Okay, let me let me explain because I didn't go into detail about this. There is its own rank system inside of Bajda, and that's what you gain oh, experience okay. points for. And your rank is what gates 
the story of Bajda. You'll earn different quests once you reach like certain ranks. Mm, that makes so sense. that's how that progresses. Um, like, so I hit rank 10 and rank 10 is somewhere around like 75, 80,000 metal is what they call the experience over there. Like, like, you know, like metal, uh, M E T T L E. And, uh, you know, I, I got killed in a, an event and I self resed lost 300 metal from the death and then 1300 for the self res. I was like, Oh shit, man, this is a lot. And, it took me below what I would have earned to get to rank 10, but I didn't lose rank 10, but I have a feeling that like, if you just keep fucking up, you might tank your experience down to zero. I think that's possible. So mm. you'll be rank 10, but like, if you just shit the bed constantly, you'll have to earn 80,000 metal all the way through again. Mm. And that'll be a long grind. This is some so good end game content. This is like, yeah, this is like the end game content you wanted, or, or I would have wanted to see, from Final Fantasy for a while now, it always used to just be straight up the hard raids. They would they would release a raid, mm-hmm. it would replace the previous raid, and then they kind of do like a currency shift when a new raid comes out. Right. Like the the new the new right. currency comes out, old ones get kind of demoted, and then you can kind of like step up. They were like a little stepping stones, right? Yep. This is cool though because this provides the challenge and a thing to work for, and kind of like that group collaboration. Uh, it, it it kind of tricks everyone into working together in a nice right, way, right. in a nice way. And it does all the things you're mentioning too. You earn that end game currency, like one or two of those coins per battle on top of the other sources you would normally get them. So you got your, your normal end game, uh, tombstone collection. You've got the relic weapon grinds and drops that can happen inside of Bajda while you're doing the Bajda stuff. Then you've got the actual Bajda stuff. And if you want to be good at that, at this content, right? This, I think they call it limited engagement or something. Uh, they have gear sets inside of Bajda that you can get for use in there that will actually be beneficial because it sinks your level down to a point. So if you're level 80, everyone gets synced down in terms of your health and your skills. But if you wear the gear you can earn inside Bajda, you get haste added on to all your abilities. So your run speed is quicker, your skill speed and casting is faster. And since all of your other gear gets synced, this is the only way to gain a benefit inside of Baja. So it's like, if you like this content, it's a no brainer to like have something else to focus on inside of this little bubble, this little bubble universe. Just that's, for that. It's the equivalent of when, when world of Warcraft introduced PVP sets. So you didn't bring end game rating gear into PVP and just steamroll people. They added a new stat to to the pvp gear called like resilience or something and the more resilience you had the better defense you had against other players so it was a player specific stat um that's just an example obviously but like them doing a area focused gear set is kind of the equivalent to that because you want to be the most beneficial in that zone so yeah that's that's a cool way of doing it like it's an easy way of of solving that problem and a cool way of adding more cool cosmetic gear that you can put on and and shit exactly because i love that i think that's great yeah it's been uh uh, interesting uh unique to me experience i'm having a lot of fun with uh with that specifically but also just the whole end game ecosystem Mm -hmm. and i'm excited to like in november with endwalker grow through all that naturally because there are still things in the end game that, that just all get thrown on me because we're at the end of a cycle. So I'm, I'm really excited to be living like patch to patch because that, that's just going to clarify things so much. 
with right, the way the game right. builds on itself. So, because there's just so there's just so much. There's so much. Yeah. There's just there's too much really for a new player, which is which is a good thing. Like there should be. I mean, we're talking years worth of content, but like it it can be very overwhelming when someone's first starting and just oh, wanting yeah. to like play. I'm you almost know, more confused like, in the end game now because all the different currency options exist. Whereas sure. if I was working through Realm Reborn, Heaven's Word, or Stormblood, when I get to the end, I have one currency and someone just goes, Oh, that's the best gear. So you just buy that. This gives me that <laughs> right. and I'm good. You know? Right. right With right, this, right. every single patch will give like one patch will be a gear set, then one patch will be like the step up for the for the gear set. Then the next patch will be like, here's the other currency for like the crafter set but if you upgrade that that might get more powerful than that but it depends mm. on what you want to do and the next like they just they they kind of gotcha. hop back and forth with their patches and if you're playing it currently then you're, you only have one thing to work on so it's not confusing but you get to the end of Shadowbringers when Shadowbringers is current I have all these options and I'm like I truly have no idea what is going <laughs> to be the best for me right. time wise or power wise like should I be focusing on the most insane set is that not going to matter? Cause I'm not going to do the most insane, you know, activities before the new shit. Like I'm just, it's such a balancing act to figure all this out. So right. Right. Come November. We'll be there. I know. I'm excited for that. Very excited for it. Come February 22nd. Mm-hmm. A new thing to Other look forward to. Talking about queen? expansions. Um, the witch queen. Yeah. So, so yes. uh, we want to unpack um, which the Witch Queen Viduck. Um, please, please do. I think, yeah, I think just to did you watch it live, Neo, or did you? I or? I was working, but I was in Diamond okay. Stream while he was watching it. Okay. So I got gotcha. a lot of commentary. I wasn't really like I was kind of half in, half out of it. So yeah, I was also at work. I had Diamond Stream up as well, and and was. Um, I, I got to watch the whole thing, but I was multitasking a little bit, so I went back and, and rewatched it as well. Um, I I honestly don't think, um, and, and this could be a skewed perspective, and it probably is, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make my point anyway. I don't think there's a single developer out right now that can generate as much hype around a property like Bungie does with Destiny. I mean, their yearly big release of content. Um, Every time they tease it, it is overwhelmingly positive. Um, every single time they have, I don't think they've ever disappointed in their um, their presentations. Teasing. Yeah, yeah, and they're in, in like this because they do this every year. They always tease their big their big fall slash winter expansion that drives the story for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and this time was was no different. Like we were all very excited. Uh, chatting about it like in the discord and in 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 diamond chat and um yeah it it was outstanding so what we know is we're getting witch queen which is the next major story expansion for destiny 2 that's coming february 22nd um that is one of three story expansions that they've said will be coming over the course of the next three years um so they gave witch queen they gave the next one which we knew about which was called lightfall which will be coming in 2023 and they've just announced another major expansion in 2024 which is uh the final final shape. shape yeah the final shape um and then that kind of wraps up 
the story as we know it as we know it yeah as we know it uh which we thought lightfall was really going to be the end of the story as we know it and now they're saying no final shape will wrap up this whole dark versus light story beat that you've been playing since 2014 with d1 um but then they say and beyond which really means that destiny 2 is the platform for at least until 2025 and whether that means that we get a d3 or they just keep building along d2 and that just is the architecture moving forward who knows um but it's good to know lengthwise you know story you know future wise um how long we're in in this for um so i'm i'm very excited to to think about the year over year releases um because there's some of the best time in gaming for me is is when these uh-huh. when these major expansions release um and not to mention you know i know uh right now we're playing the uh the 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 um the trailer their their cinematics team their their visual artists their their sandbox designers are i think the best in the business best I, like, in the I, industry for yeah, sure yeah it's it's out of this world what they create um both in trailer format and then when you're actually playing it in the game as Mm -hmm. well um it's not like it doesn't translate well from like a rendered video to like then seeing it in game because no it looks just looks just incredible just as incredible Yeah. yeah um so uh this next story expansion focuses on sabathun who is been a villain in the background of the destiny uh arc for a very long time since forsaken um which forsaken came out trip how long ago has that was like three years 2018 2018 okay yeah um i was like no (laughs) time is not that you like that (laughs) i haven't lost those years you're okay god thank Um, god so this is this is a this is a villain that is a very big deal in destiny lore. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited to, to play witch queen. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the new season for destiny dropped immediately after, uh, the Vidoc, um, uh, well, at, at 1 PM, like 30 minutes after the Vidoc. Um, and I can tell you from the little bit of story that we got thus far, I am so on board for, for February. Like I can't wait yeah. to see this story unfold week over week and then see, what the hell happens? In what Witch are Queen. what are um, some of the things we can expect in Witch Queen? Like, what is shaping? What is reshaping this world oof, that that makes man. it so exciting? As someone who's a very casual player, because I like Destiny, I love hopping in and playing it. But what should I be excited for? Well, uh, Trip, you want to go? Yeah, you go first. Yeah. Um, one of the most interesting things that uh, that they highlight in that cinematic trailer is the fact that you see these little flying things. That look very very hive like right we're working against the hive as the current enemy but they're they're small and they're flying and it makes you think of like the ghosts that you have you know that resurrect you that that you know give you powers your light right the story we've had from the very beginning uh but as the as the trailer plays these flying hive ghosts start resurrecting the hive and then the hive start running at you one's orange like solar one's blue like arc and one is purple like void these are hive guardians these are that is cool in an alien faction that have ghosts that have powers 
equal to you. And this is a theme that Destiny has been going down since last year, where we first got darkness powers in the form of stasis. So the lines are being blurred about the power that you use to fight your battles. Right? They're saying that that all light isn't good and all darkness isn't bad. And at the end of the day, they might just be tools to be used. Well, the light that we have is a pretty aggressive tool and we're about to get it thrown in our face. And that's exciting to someone like me who, uh, well, actually like all of us, because we play this game at a, at a very high level and we've had discussions about how it doesn't feel as good to be challenged by nothing more in high tier content than a higher number where nothing really changes in how you engage the enemy. You just get hit harder and you have to do more damage. That's that's about it. It's uh, it's not interesting, uh, and it's a band-aid over a problem of how do we get people to play harder shit, right? Mm-hmm. When you introduce an entirely new, not only like, uh, you know, it's not just one way to be attacked and to deal with 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 damage. From what they're showing us, these hive beings are getting, you know, at least three separate styles of abilities, which they could have their own collections of engagement patterns. You have to learn and deal with who knows how compatible they're going to be when they're throwing all things together at the same time. So my brain that gets excited about shit like that is, uh, is hype as fuck. Cause I think it's, it's a much more interesting way to scale difficulty to throw yeah. you into just this, this <clears throat> deep end of like, how do we go up against this stuff? We've never had it before. We don't know how to fight this. Um, I think the, the other thing for someone that, that may not be looking to play it at a, um, the level at which like maybe all of us in the the discord do maybe just as more of like a casual game is in terms of story content this is the best bungie has ever delivered just not only narratively in terms of the story that they're telling but also how it plays out in game like if you may have played destiny in the past which i think a lot of people at least booted and played d1 right and played it maybe for a couple of once and then maybe Dude, D- d1 was a big deal when it came it out right so maybe yeah. maybe you stopped during d1 and you haven't played it because you know it just wasn't for you you know the story wasn't great it was tucked away it, it didn't you know whatever i i think right now you can hop in and have a great narrative story and that could be all that destiny is for you and you would still get a lot out of it um their seasonal model allows for a you know a, a story to be told week over week which allows you to get bite-sized chunks of a story. Um, and they've been super meaningful and they've been displayed in ways that Bungie has never really been able to do over, over the, the life of the game. Um, so I think come Witch Queen, you know, you're going to have a lot of story content that you're going to be able to play through that I think is going to be engaging and really fun and is going to be worth the money in, in and itself and not have to play it as a, you know, MMO light experience. And then I think a little bit further if you know you decide you know i do want to try and cross this now live okay that's a big one Crossplay went live on huge Tuesday. you can now play with anyone anywhere um well now since you can play with any one of your friends if you need a community emerging gamer is definitely here for for destiny but they're also going to have every three months i think they said they're going to have three essentially three three end game pieces of content in PVE rotating every three months because of dungeons and raids that they're bringing back. There's going to be more than ever 
end game content for a group of players to engage in, which means there's always going to be new end game content where end game content can get kind of stale after a while because there's a raid and a dungeon, and then that's it for a long time. How they're churning out content now, we can expect a lot more end game content on the PVE side. Um, That's a tall order for for Bungie to deliver. Because they, that is something they, that they, they they generally do they struggle, struggle with. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's if yeah. they can pull it off, man, that is going to be huge. I think one of the things that, that are helping them pull it off is the fact that they're committed to bringing back Destiny 1 content. And mm-hmm. I know people, like, if you just give them that that sentence in a vacuum, they go, well, that's just, that's, you know. Recy- recycled, recycled content. content. Right, yeah. right. Like, that's bullshit. Um, it's, it's not because the Destiny community has wanted to play this content. And we were sad when we were forced to hop over to Destiny 2 and lose everything and start from scratch. But we did it because that's how you have to go forward, right? But all of this content is still great and it's engaging. And that was validated when they brought back the Vault of Glass a couple months ago, which was the very first raid in Destiny 1 ever. They updated the sandbox. They updated the environments um, to fit in Destiny 2. And it was done incredibly well. So yeah. in this Vidoc, they promised another Destiny 1 raid will be coming back in 2022. They haven't given a date for that specifically. Uh, we know Witch Queen will have its own new raid. At some point, there's going to be a, uh, an, a raid out of the vault. I think personally, it's going to be um, King's Fall because it works thematically. It's another thematically. big Hive-themed raid um, and a fan favorite for sure. So that might be the one that comes back. But they did, like Locke said, they promised every three months there will be new raid or dungeon content. And that's just, it keeps the endgame players so happy. And it gives you things to to work for and to learn and to grind. And I think that some of that raid or dungeon content might be other Destiny 1 experiences. You know, maybe, sure. maybe a dungeon is like Crota's End because it was a small raid. Or maybe we get... Um, prison of elders in some capacity for like a horde mode you know like all the stuff is going to come back and i think they're working towards this unified experience which is which you know it's funny we're talking before the show neo's like you know what they have to do they gotta put it all together into one game and i'm like i've been saying that we've been saying saying they've been they drop drop the two why why have the two in there it's not necessary anymore you're just continuing your story from the first destiny you don't need Mm -hmm. it all you did is it's only differentiating their second release of the game, right? That's all it's doing at this point. New engine, new yeah. platform. Like that's all, yeah. that's all it's really, I, I it's think really they will. Doing, I think yeah. we're, we'll hit a point with one expansion. When enough has come over from destiny one, we're going to get hit with a, with a, a Vidoc like this. And they're going to be like rebrand. Now that the, now that the light and dark is done, come play our next adventure in destiny. And that it'll just be something like that, you know? That's yeah, what I feel. I think, get. yeah, I, I think right now more than ever, there is enough meaningful content for every type of player to get some enjoyment out of destiny. For Whether sure. that's yeah. just story, just want to shoot other people, PVP, just want to play end game content with friends. Uh, maybe just want to shoot around and play the best shooter that currently exists mechanically. No one is, no one has beaten them. And I don't think anybody ever will because they they care deeply. This is coming from a Call of Duty player, people. When you listen to Call of Duty sucks. When you when you think about like (laughs) it it does, I play it all the time, but it's an awful game. When you think about um, that's fair. That's fair. When you listen to their sandbox designers, like their their goal 
when they're creating weapons is they want it to be the best weapon possible to fire, shoot, the way it sounds, the way it feels, the way it looks. All of that is their first concern. That's their design goal. And you can feel that under every weapon that you shoot. You there's can. Never, it's, it's, there's it's, never it's, a weapon that you pick up that's like, ooh, this didn't marinate long enough. Like this wasn't yeah. designed well. Like never, never I ever mean, have you shot a To be fair, you you may not like that weapon specifically in use, but the yeah, design the design right. and care that goes into it is very apparent. Or exactly. That mm-hmm. that's a it's that's a good and that's a good asterisk to that. that that's that's like, why people still play Destiny, even though we all complain about, you know the trials experience sucks right now. There's nothing to do. I don't like how we are forced to do this, whatever the case may be that would drive people from another game. It still feels good to just load into an activity and shoot those guns. Yeah. That's that's the core focus. And that's, that's why they're still (laughs) relatively successful, even amid the ups and downs. It's why I still cling on to crucible, right? Like I, there's other, there's better PVP. Like there are better PP games out there mechanically, and and all, and all of that like as as a as a package deal but like it still feels amazing to shoot the destiny guns and that's why i cling on to always wanting to play crucible and i want it to be the best version of itself because you do have the ability to shoot so many different types of guns so many different archetypes and types of weapons and they all feel amazing to use and i think that is if you are a fan of the fps genre you are doing yourself a disservice to not at least run around and shoot aliens every once in a while in destiny. Even if that's all you ever, even if that's all you ever get out of it. Um, I think it's just, it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm very excited for, for the future of the, of the game. And this is what Mm -hmm. they do. This is, this is how they do it. They generate all of this hype (laughs) for months and months. They're going to keep, they're going to keep teasing stuff. And I mean, and, their, their, their collector's edition sold out in 12 hours. It's $225 for their collector's edition. And they sold out of all of the statues within 12 hours. There was a line to get into the bungee store. You had to wait in a digital line. Oh my to get God. Into the store. It's true. Uh, it was 25 minutes for me to get into the bungee store. I didn't buy the collector's edition. I just wanted to see what was there, but like, <laughs> there's, there's, there is a ton of hype that they create. Um, and it's, and it's, one because of the care that they show when they, when they speak about the game you could tell that they care um and then it's also just how incredibly polished their the product they're able to create is truly yeah it's funny yeah. that you mentioned the hype cycle and now I, this is something i've noticed with all of us mostly the the hardcore people who play destiny in our group um you guys go through the cycle of, oh my God, look what they just announced. This is crazy. It's going to change everything. You guys get really into it for like a season. And then you're like, okay, the monotony settles in, right? Like you start to taper off Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I don't expect that to be different. Even, even with all the the positive buzz with this. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be something around June or July that we're all going to get so upset about that is going to seem like, no one is ever going to play this game ever again. Now that'll be the tone. But then like in August when the season hits, we're all going to be right back there now, to be, to be yeah. fair. You guys are only upset because you want it to remain good and you want to still love and care about it. That's where that's coming from a, a good place, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, Locke. I was going to just say, I, 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 we, I was having a conversation 
don't know if it was Monday or, or the or last week with Nimbus, a, a good a good friend of the emerging gamer community, and um, we were essentially saying that like so both of us, uh, me and him, like we main Destiny, and that's all I played. I didn't have time for other games. I didn't play other games. Very rarely did I play something else. Um, and once I stopped playing Destiny that way where like I didn't look at it as like the sole game that I played and I played other things and just hopped back into Destiny and played the content um that was available and then left and did other things um like I started to appreciate the game more right like when if that's the only thing I play yeah I'm going to go through the content very quickly I'm going to only start to notice the flaws of the game and no game is perfect nor can they create something that is so sustainable that's on a Final Fantasy XIV level because it's just, it's not comparable. It's apples and oranges, right? What they create is fantastic, but what they create has a limit. There is a box around it. You will eventually fill that box and nothing left to do. And then that's when it's okay. Okay, I'm going to put this down for a few weeks or I'm only going to play it once a week um, or it's I'm healthy, only going to play honestly. when we put to... Yeah, or I'm only going to play it when we get a raid together. Um, you know, like, and and when I made that shift, I started to appreciate the game a lot more. Um, and when I also said, all right, Crucible, their PvP is not going to be this hyper-competitive thing that it once was supposed to be. Let me go look for that elsewhere when I want to play something super competitive. I'm still going to enjoy Crucible for what it is, but I'm going to stop making it something in my own mind that it's not. Um, so yeah, I mean this hype right now, I'm sure in 2 weeks I'm going to be I'm going to be done with the season. Right? <laughs> like I'm going to be done with what's new in the season. I will log in each week for the new story, which will last me maybe a couple of hours each week. And we'll just keep riding that wave until February, right? Um, you know, we have they announced 30 years at Bungie. That was a big deal at this Vidoc that we've had 30 years worth of, of uh, Bungie content, which uh, was an awesome thing to see. They, they had in, in the Vidoc like a little, um, you know, documentary type thing where they showed all their old games that they're going to be doing for the first time ever a 30th anniversary in-game um, like mini event that is going to feature the Loot Cave from D1, which if you're not familiar with that, there was a broken... <laughs> There was a broken um, spawn point in D1 where enemies would spawn out of constantly. And for a period of time in, in D1, you could stand still and just continuously shoot these enemies and they would drop gear. And it was dubbed the loot cave because people would spend 12 hours standing still, shooting the same set of ads over and over again, just getting drops continuously. And this was like D1 vanilla, right? This was before anyone knew anything was, about, like, you know, it was that like... That might have was, been before Vault of Glass was released. Like, that was the, one of the first couple weeks of the game. Uh, yes. Yeah, if it wasn't sure. if it wasn't released, it was right after when players, like, didn't have the level to be in there competitively. Right. Something very, um, very early. So they've decided to put a dungeon inside of the quote loot cave which they which they mentioned the loot cave specifically in the vidoc and then so they're putting a dungeon in there they're releasing some new weapon some d1 weapons releasing some new armor sets come december in their 30th anniversary mini event so we have from now this season begins now will ride us all the way to december right so we're only in august so we have all of this till come december when we have the mini event and then that mini event will ride us through 
to uh to witch queen so there's definitely going to be lulls like you know we're definitely going to dive back in to final fantasy 14 like it can't sustain us there's not enough content um but i think overall it's in a great place and i think us as a community are also in a bet box where we can appreciate the game because we have other things that we're also invested in mm-hmm. as well um you know you i think if you rewind a year ago like that version of Locke would have been very angry at the game like almost always and i wouldn't have appreciated <laughs> anything because i would have just been mad at the fucking things that they, I, I didn't think they could do right you know um so i yeah i think what's really important about these like periodic vidocs they do um and something they are getting better at over time is is listening to feedback and iterating on feedback like this is this is going to be a slow process no matter what game or what company was in their position right because you know in in software dev you have like super long turnaround times um in video game ongoing games you have to have like walk the fine line of like there's no what they're talking about or are they just mad because they don't like something is this valid feedback should we change the game because of what they said mm-hmm. so you got to walk that line but also be able to implement these yeah, changes that's so important quickly enough to have it feel like they're listening and that things are happening and are, are movable behind the scenes. And they've been like aligning themselves towards this more and more like updates and patches have only gotten faster over the years. At first, when they started their seasonal model, they were like, we have like a season planned here, a patch on this date. Then the next season, we're going to save all of our adjustments for every season because that's what our team can promise. And now they're, they're adjusting things like week over week. So like they're getting better at, at acting on uh, what I would say valid feedback when it comes into the team. Um, I think the reason that we get so hype about this stuff and why I can be perceived as, as like a big activity sink, it's because partially with how well they are at listening, like how good of a job they do at listening to us. So we know that they're responsive. We know that they care about the game. They know that we care about the game and it's just this evolving constant conversation. So when you have growing pains like that, you're going to find something that doesn't jive with the rest of the game. And it's going to make everyone that's passionate about it, lose their goddamn mind. And that'll be the next like big blow up, you know, but like if we look at things that are checking off the list, um, the story was one of them for years. Story is in like Locke said, the best place it's ever been. Um, PVP still has a lot of struggles, but they literally had an entire additional breakdown today. Not part of this Vidoc. That was Tuesday. Earlier today, a whole entire article detailing changes coming to the Trials of Osiris endgame PvP experience. And for the most part, they were all received extremely well, these changes for the activity. Um, so it, it's like one of the biggest pain points is PvP. There has not been new content. It it feels terrible to play some of these modes that are supposed to be the most aspirational, you know, competitive content in the game. And it seems like they're finally taking steps to make that better, which would be a gigantic weight off of the uh, the toxicity shoulders of the community in terms of shit to complain about. And I just yeah. hope it's better. I hope it actually all pans out the way they want it to. It feels good. Yeah, September 10th, Trials of Osiris returns. Um, so hopefully all of these changes, I mean, it's a, it's a lot that they're changing to, to that content um, in an effort to get more players involved in in that end game pvp aspirational content so <clears throat> um yeah I'm, I'm excited for it I, I all of the things that i've heard 
super excited for. Like they've done, they did a lot of um, balance changes. So there's a lot of things that are different right now. Like as you're playing the game, like weapons feel different. Armor has been changed a little bit. There's been buffs and nerfs. So you're playing different subclasses now because all of that changed throughout this to this new season. Um, <clears throat> like we did a try, we did a, a vault of glass earlier today. Um, and we, we beat Atheon, which is the raid boss in the most unconventional way that I would have, I would have never in a million years thought to myself, okay, this is how we're going to beat this raid boss, but we did it. Um, and, uh, like that stuff is just so fun to me, you know, like being able to, even if it's the same content, but be able to do it in a different way because the game has evolved versus like, oh, all right, we're doing the raid again the third time this week and we're doing it with the same weapons the same way that can only last for so long and then you just like how much more can you do it right um so you know if they can continue to invest and do it rapidly which i know is tough from a development cycle um but if they can continue to do that where they're not so far behind the eight ball i think that also helps keep players engaged long term um but it's 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 definitely a hard balancing act for them um to be able to do that um the 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 sandbox lead the 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 lead of weapon design was on a up destiny podcast that i listened to and he got interviewed by one of the like professors of of destiny um uh crucible um Mercules, who has been like a a a person that's really been a community staple from a, from a PVP standpoint since D one, he has his own podcast where he deep dives into weapons and the sandbox designer was on there. And he essentially said, we have like a 30 day window where we can fix things on the current season. And outside of that 30 day window, we're already almost done with the next season. So we have to literally Mm. listen to the, we have to listen to the feedback, try and implement changes to that feedback test that ship it and get it out in that 30 day or or we've missed the window and we're already like a season past the next season wild four weeks that's like like no time at all so like it's it's definitely a hard thing for them to do and they've hired rapidly like they've said that that they're hiring more people like when they shifted and left activision which was probably the best thing that they've ever did it also meant that they lost a ton of resources right like we have to be we have to be earnest about that and be accepting that they lost a lot of brute force manpower to create this content um so you know their design team went down to you know probably single digits in some areas um so you know we have to also appreciate that if they ship and change something mid-season they turn that around within a month which is which is crazy um and that and that could be also why sometimes we don't get the changes that we want because it's just not feasible yeah they they can't slot it into their their current trajectory they're already on a set path that they have to pivot if they do get that important feedback that they should act on because not all feedback is good feedback right like people just yelling into the ether isn't going to be a isn't a positive thing for them to take in exactly you have to listen to that with a critical mind and go okay this is just someone who's upset because what they wanted to happen didn't happen. This is good feedback about the way this gun is not existing in the space it's supposed to exist in. Cool, we're listening to them, not going to listen to them, and mm-hmm. then you got to start to work. 
after that point after you yeah, shuffle through all the feedback yeah you gotta you gotta like sift through it and find the good stuff and unfortunately negative things end up going to the surface a lot more easily and that's just well, yeah, just they, the nature of social media yeah. in general mm-hmm. you know retweets what I mean? and likes baby those are the those are the things you know that the the, yeah. the awful shit gets retweeted and liked the most, you know, like I'll give you a good example of what you just mentioned there sifting through the feedback. People have been complaining about uh, breach launcher, breach grenade launchers in PVP for a long time. Um, and those are the grenade launchers that if you ever played halo reach, it's the same type of grenade launcher where, you know, you shoot a projectile, it explodes, it's a grenade. And then you, you know, pop open the can reload your grenade and, and you keep going. Right. It's a very, very good gun in, in good hands. People have been complaining about it for years. Well, on this destiny podcast, the sandbox designer said we could see weapon, we could see usage t- statistics, right? We weren't going to touch it until it reached a certain percentage of overall use. Like the community on Twitter can keep complaining about it, but like we could see how many people are actually using it. And we it's, know they have, they have data. It. Yeah. Like we, we know. And he said specifically the percentage, he was like, when it crosses this number, now I'm willing to address it because now I know there's enough people using it that it's probably oppressive versus a smaller percentage of people having a, an, ex, an awful experience in a few games against it making it feel like a bigger deal to the player than it actually is to the ecosystem of the game. So like, it's a really good example of here and having to source all of that feedback, select the things that actually make sense, develop a plan to fix it, test the plan in sandbox, put it into production and then ship it is like, is, is an astronomical task. So much work. Not to mention that I have, they have very rarely shipped stuff into production that has failed, right? Like they have a pretty good track record of when they ship something in prod that it's like polished and perfect. Like there's yeah. liars, right? But like they do an, a phenomenal job of when it's, when it's live, it's live. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big task. It really is. It's good to know they have hard number goals. Like, obviously, we would know they have access to statistics. It's good to know, though, that they that they use that and they have metrics that they go by. They don't just, you know, spend too much time looking into wild accusations because they can look and see, all right, well, this is clearly not a problem to the majority, right. just a loud individual. So it just, yeah, like, it's good to know that they have, everything. like, guiding waypoints. Yep. And they're actually yeah. acting on that. I'm, I'm gonna br- yeah. Can I bring up a uh, Destiny tangent for a second? Sure. My favorite example of this was a few weeks ago. This, this somebody popped this into the into our Destiny chat, and I read this thread. This one streamer like called Destiny out and like tagged the community manager and all these people, and were like, "How come you banned me for this act that I, that uh, uh, like this happened, and you banned me?" And then oh, the community manager <laughs> just fucking he brought the receipts. He's like. Uh, excuse me, you've evaded ban multiple times. We've caught you on these this many occasions. I could not believe the list of receipts this guy this guy brought out. He fucking got caught in 4K, and I loved like the Schadenfreude of that was amazing. That this guy thought he was gonna like call Destiny out and accomplish something for it. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny that that streamer name. There's a, there's another popular uh, PvP streamer that made a troll video uh so they just they just released battle they just they just integrated battle eye uh they're the first time destiny's had anti-cheat just released with this season which is huge and it's um, a sign they're taking you know and, uh, the experience there's, seriously there's, there's mm-hmm. now a message that pops up that says yeah you know you've been banned right so this this very good um 
PVP streamer had this like really awesome clip of him doing like some ridiculous shit. And then the ban thing popped up and he ended his stream. He was like, oh shit. And he ended his stream. Right. And then like an hour later, he's like, oh no, I was just fucking with you guys. And he showed his stream deck and the, 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 the logo that he named the stream deck was the name of the streamer that got caught. <laughs> he called, he called it. The, I think the name of the streamer was, was, um, was bacon, like B A K E N. Um, and, it, yes. and he, yes, he yes, named yes. it, he named it the bacon button and it, and he just, and he kept hitting the button and he's like, no, I was just trolling you guys. And that button was just, it, it would bring up the, you've been banned. Been banned. Oh my um, God. That's amazing. Yeah. Like the, 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 Listen, I am not a huge fan of one of the community managers. He's gotten better, but I have expressed my displeasure for him. They have a very hard job. Like, they, 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 they really do. I don't follow many other scenes, so I don't know what it's like for other community managers. But my assumption is that their job is a lot harder than other community managers. <laughs> um, that's just my feeling. I could be wrong. I don't know what if there are community managers for a lot of other games and if they get a lot of heat, like, like yeah, destiny I, does, but um, I think you're right, man. Like, and again, you know, the same caveat you put out there, I'm not as deeply invested in other communities like I am for this one, but when I hear about other communities and other issues that they have, there's always like a certain tone level that does, I think get out of control compared to destiny. And right. I feel like if you're a community manager for, for those games or for those scenes, you're just not going to like engage with it. Just like let, let them scream and yell and we're going to put out the next content and you know, it's fine. It's not an issue with destiny. Like everyone is borderline respectful until, you know, someone says some dumb shit and it starts a whole Twitter argument, but there's so much like of a cyclical conversation that, that these community managers, they're in it. They're in the conversation already, whether they want to be or not. So everyone is kind of waiting for them in every flare up of drama to comment in some way. Right. And, and that's an added responsibility. They're not just like beating the bungee drum and they're not just retweeting the link that the twab is out. Like they are expected from us to be part of the conversation. It just, right. it's, it's how it works at this point with Bungie. Yeah, and I think, and I think they, they set that tone, right? Like when, when, they, yeah. when, when, when destiny was in some of its darkest, deepest places in, in terms of how bad the game was <laughs> like this, was this was part of their, their, you know, remedy was engaging the community in this way. And now it's, it's expected of them. I think you I think you make a good point that like, if something's not liked by the community in another game, that's just what it is. And you just deal with it until the next expansion ships. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not this like, Oh, let me go talk to the community manager on Twitter <laughs> right. and have a conversation right. about my Hello? displeasure. Dylan. You know I mean, like, well, like, it's a funny, funny Dylan? you say that Felix Hergood literally tweets at, you know, right. not e not even the community manager. He tweets at uh um Pete Hines. Yeah, yeah, he goes right. He goes right to the top, dude. He yeah. is he is literally a Karen. He is like he's like, can I speak to your manager, please? Like on on a excuse on, me, like, Phil, like Philip. Yeah, so this game is, is speak to your manager. Um, oh God, it's yeah, true. it's just can it's I speak so to Philip Spencer, yeah. please? Um. Yeah, so it's just like their job. Their job is tough, and I and I've been very brutal to uh, one of their community managers because I do feel like sometimes he's a, a little bit of an ass. But you know, I don't want his job, nor would I ever. No, I probably. You know what I mean? Like I, he's got a tough job. Yeah. Um, but I think that that 
conversation that that we're able to have with them is is also what makes Destiny super special. And what what connects us a lot when we watch this type of Vidoc that it's not just a presentation of like, you know, consumer to product. It's much more than just consumer to product. Uh, and I think that's why we we as in trip myself and, and some others in the community um, get so hyped around this because it's, it's much more to us than just, you know, a, a yearly, like look at our new call of duty game, you know, like I don't get excited about other games. Like I get excited about destiny content. Like, yeah, I want to play battlefield. Yes. I'm excited for a new Warzone map eventually, but like even halo, like, hey, yeah, even halo. Like I'm, yes, I'm very excited for infinite December 8th. Fuck. Yeah. But like, I don't feel the same way even about Halo and that's my roots as I do about Destiny. Um and and there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think part of it is that community that they've fostered that you really do feel like you're a part of something bigger even as just a player. Um it's a big part of it for sure. Yeah. It elevates the experience as good as the game is. The uh the people to play it. Mm-hmm. Are the real mm-hmm. MVPs as they say. Um, yeah. So uh, anything else that we were to share would be super nitty gritty. We would get into some not, not interesting, (laughs) super specific destiny stuff that would, would not end up being interesting. All, all, All you should take away from this that, um, now more than ever, you can jump into the game. It is free to play. Um, you have us as a community of people that love helping new players. So you, you definitely have, some people to fall back on now that it's cross play and we have diamond jab one of our good friends of the community also has fostered a relationship across consoles so the, the our player base for destiny right now has just tripled um which is super exciting as well um so now more than ever at least in our community is a great time to jump in um and you know that you have a lot of great content coming over the next six months that will be will be amazing um and we just got to get Neo Aoshi back in there, raiding some more. I got to get Neo. I'm Neo back. Neo I booted before tonight. I booted it back up, and I played the intro mission. There you go. Love I was that. also trying to make sure my computer could still play games. That was one of the things <laughs> that I was, was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good test. Because, but uh, Destiny does have some um, some resource problems sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it is a pretty good game to test your computer's uh, capability of True. running a video game. So, um, yeah, they're signaling yeah. some bright things for the future. So. So and at I, least like, as of for right now, we're we're hype. I can't even imagine this arc over two other full years worth of expansions. Like I mean, like, like it's got it's it's really hard to wrap my brain around because like honestly, it's not from uh, with Final Fantasy fourteen. What they're currently doing, they're in the same uh, spot as Destiny right now. They are ending their current large story arc they started like in 2013, 2014 with a Realm Reborn. Right. So. This is kind of like very parallel to what we're experiencing right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and all the all the in between stories are like the seasons we get with the uh, yeah with Destiny too. So yeah, I just pretty, yeah I just similar. don't know where I just don't know where it goes. I don't know how it ties up. I, yeah, I, well, just so, that's, like it, that's, that's what yeah, I'm saying. That's, that's exciting. The that that yeah. I'm like not concerned, but just like always constantly wondering about is when they say like this game ain't stopping, but we're resolving this light versus dark battle with the final shape three years from now what does the next thing look like what is what is the game dude are we just have a collection (laughs) of powers and then we're dealing with like is it just gonna be like other things we got to deal with like are we just gonna help like some lady in the the city get her groceries like what are we doing like is there (laughs) some big big, honestly go 
I don't know. Who knows? Literally anything could be. What what blows my mind the most about them ending it in like what two years is what they said. Well, they again they're 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 not they they are just pounding the point home. They're not ending it. The game. No, they're, they're just, ending the the story. Oh, the this arc, this yeah. arc. Yes. Yeah. 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 The arc will end in twenty twenty four. The. the Right. Or, mm-hmm. okay. Yes. In 2024 yeah. will be the, the be, final year the of content. Of, yeah. Then okay. they literally fulfilled their promise of the 10 year game. Yeah. They said that, that in, point. The, in the Vidoc too. They were like, this yeah. journey we've been on for the past 10 years. They, know, that was literally on the backs of the release advertisement, uh, the release material of mm-hmm. Destiny 1. They mm-hmm. promised this. People were like, no way. This is crazy. And they're, they're pulling it off, they're, they're doing yeah. it. In a very unique way to any other game we're looking at right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, more content per expansion year than you ever have had in the past. Like, going from base Destiny release to, like, uh, the first expansion, The Dark Below. God, The Dark Below was, like, five story missions, a raid that was, like, half the length of Vault of Glass, and then, like, a strike or two, maybe some new PvP maps. Like, we get more of that well, not the PvP maps, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> we get more of that uh, in a three-month period of time. Like repeatedly, we get more than that in in large chunks mm-hmm. for ten bucks. Like it's ins- it's it's kind of dumb. It's insane. Yeah. What what the the benefit now is like? God, we used to finish everything that was available for for like six months in like three weeks, yep. and you would have you would have like another five months of literally Waiting. nothing changing yeah. not not like not nothing was coming mm-hmm. nothing until the next major expansion and and people were like oh well you could play it at your own pace blah, blah, blah. but like at that time like people were only playing destiny so they would they would churn out the content because it was new and exciting and then that would be it but they would still keep playing the game and they would yeah. just keep playing the old shit now at least you have this week over week where like you log in maybe you play for a day or two and then you do other stuff for the rest of the week, and then you come back next week, you play for a day or two, and it's always new content week over week, which is definitely a better model for them to follow. Yeah. Um, just from from a player, and probably from a content perspective, in terms of how they can create the content. Um, yeah. Fuck. They're still doing it, man. Mm-hmm. They're still doing it. So, uh, more to come as we, uh, you know, continue to invest our time and our uh, money and attention into this franchise. We're excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure are. Yep. I, I've been Trib Zero. You guys can find me on uh, twitch.tv slash Trip Zero TV. All of my socials are also Trip Zero TV, so I'm very easy to find everywhere. Um, I stream Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m.-ish. We are deep back in the Destiny 2, if you haven't uh, picked that up from this entire conversation. <laughs> um, mixed also in there is Final Fantasy XIV, of course. We're dead in the middle of Skyward Sword. Poor Link has been benched for weeks with all these MMO grinds, but we'll get back to him and continue the uh the story split once some of the um uh c- consistent persistent game world c- uh, grinds die down a little bit neo yoshi you can follow me at twitter at neo underscore yoshi twitch.tv slash neo yoshi uh i said that really fast jesus when i am not blowing the power with my awesome streams and just killing everything um you can catch me mostly mondays tuesdays thursdays if you can uh i'm trying to come back more consistent 
Um, and I'm playing near replicant. I'm playing Marvel's Avengers. I'm playing, uh, what's that third one? I guess I'll be playing some destiny too. I guess that's, that's coming back into the cycle. Um, and what's that ghost Tsushima. I want to play ghost of Tsushima on stream. We're going to get a little bit of that going on. So I got games to play now. I was in a dry spell. Now the dry spells over. Let's go. Let's go lock. Uh, you could find me uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv uh, slash lock and key, which is under right about here. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at lock underscore key. Um, I stream um, a lot of nights, but they're random nights. Can't tell you when, when they will be. But if you follow me on Twitter, uh, I will usually tweet out when I go live. Uh, you're going to have Destiny coming. You're going to have Final Fantasy 14 coming. You're going to have some Warzone with the boys because um, I'm sure I will get the urge to play an awful call of duty. Um, and then we also have, you know, some other story games that I'm sprinkling in here or there. So, um, yeah, just drop me a follow and, um, I'll see you when I go live trip zero. Uh, want to toss one last thing in here before we sign off for the night, uh, a little bit of an advertisement this coming Sunday, I will be a guest on an episode of the lunar castaways yeah. podcast, uh, 9 a.m. Central time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Lunar castaways is, uh, a partner podcast with us not officially but like a lot of the same friends a lot of the same communities uh, they do a very similar thing to us gather the boys together and talk about games and uh, their show is sunday mornings so i will be on there representing emergent gamer talking about uh probably destiny um or whatever they want to kind of pick my brain at and then the following wednesday so next week on our show we will have mike from lunar castaways we heart games on this show and we're very excited to have them uh, over here talking about their content and their broadcasting and all that stuff so um it's pretty cool man we got a week of uh cross collaboration so tune into them it's twitch.tv slash lunar castaways spelled exactly like it sounds put a bunch of links into the twitch chat uh if you are live watching us live on wednesday nights again live on twitch.tv slash emerge underscore gamer uh see you all next week later see ya <laughs>